God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. This morning I'd like to talk to you about trusting the process. Trusting the process. A few months ago, the board, uh, I told the board that I wanted to get another car. And so they said, yeah, sure, pastor. So I asked them, you know, can I get a Bentley? And of course, they said, pastor, if we get a Bentley, number one, it'll bankrupt the church. Getting a lot of humming, Ravi. Okay, it'll bankrupt the church. Number two, a lot of people will feel very upset. Number three, the tithes and offerings will drop. So I said, okay, so they got me a proton. And uh, I'm very grateful for it, except that I still like a Bentley. Then I was thinking to myself, since Janil's father has father-in-law, <laughs> father likes a Bentley, but the father-in-law has a shop that, that deals strictly with Rolls Royces and Bentleys. That's all they do. Repairs, maintenance, everything. So I thought to myself, you know, it'll be good if I ask him for a Bentley logo and take out the Proton and put it on my car. And uh, now you are laughing because you know, you know that just because I put a logo on the car does not mean I will have the same performance as a Bentley. So having a name attached to something does not give it the, the required value or, or the performance. Because the process in which a product goes through determines the quality of the product. Amen? And sometimes, you know, uh, we, 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 we don't like the process. We want to get things done fast. We want quick things. And yet, at the same time, we want quality things. Here's a scripture that might help us. I want to talk about this person. And I like the message translation because it is just one sentence. Genesis 37 and verse 5. The first portion, just that one phrase. Joseph had a dream. And I guess all of us start off in life with dreams. I remember, you know, reading about Walt Disney when he was a little boy going to school and they were asked to draw different things. And so he began to draw, you know, the sun. Have you noticed how when children draw things, it is always nice. The sun is always shining. Flowers are always there. Mommy and daddy are smiling if they can draw mommy and daddy whether it is stick figures, uh, stick figures or whatever it is. But, but when Disney drew all his stuff, the teacher looked at it and she said, well, the sun does not have a face. Flowers don't have faces that smile, you know. But he said, mine does. Mine does. So I pray, you know, that all of us will have dreams where the sun is shining and there are smiles on the flowers you draw. Come on, amen. I hope you're not drawing dark pictures. Because you see, all of us are, are, 
are born with this thing inside of us. It's very instinctive. It is right there, inherent in us, to desire great things, to believe for great things. And, uh, you know, what happens is sometimes our dreams die. Or if they don't die, then what happens is we, we allow the enemy sometimes to give us a chokehold. If you ever watch wrestling, they have this thing where they chokehold a guy and then the guy just sleeps off. And so we allow the enemy to chokehold us until our dreams just, it's there but it's gone to sleep and it needs to be revived. And that's why, that's why I want to share with you this morning. Because, you know, it's very interesting when he talks about Joseph. There are 50 chapters in the book of Genesis. 37 of those chapters are given to the creation of mankind, the fall of mankind, the rise of Noah, the flood. Then you have Abraham, then you have Isaac, then you have Jacob, and quite a lot of things said about these people. 37 chapters are given to all of that. But 13 chapters are devoted to Joseph alone. And I think the reason why God gives so much attention to Joseph is because God wants us to understand how we need to go to a, through a process before we come up on top. And, and uh, here are a few thoughts that might help us as we go through the process because, you know, uh, sometimes when people look at the pastor, they say, wow, nice I'll be a pastor. <laughs> Can have nice car. And go here, go there, travel different places and all that. And, and they don't understand that there was a process that we went through. That there, was time, there were times, so many times, where you just have to fill your belly with water and just go and sleep. I thank God when I got married, none of them had to go through that. It's just the process that I had to go through at the beginning. Eat papaya until the color of my skin changed. That was my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The process in which we go through, the hard floors that we had to sleep in, going, in, going into uh, Kuala Lipis, a little small church that met in a little garage. And while you're sleeping, there are about, you know, a dozen cockroaches crawling all over you until you can't sleep. And so you have to wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning, take your bike and go back home. <laughs> uh, these are the little things that help us to develop ourselves. You shall go through the fire before you come out purer than gold. Come on, amen. The process. And sometimes we allow the process to kill our dreams. Because the process is too difficult, we abandon our dreams. Oh man, if this is going to be how it is, then, then I give up. So let me just share a few thoughts on, on uh, you know, how can, I, how can I trust the process? You, you know, we need to trust it because it says God is working in us. It does not say God has worked. He is working. How many of you know, even I'm sure you don't even realize it, but right now where you're sitting, while you're sitting here, God is still working in you. But you don't see it. You don't feel it. See, we, we live in a, in, in a place of feelings and, and sight. That's why the Bible says, for we do not walk by sight or by our feelings. We walk by faith. Trusting that God is still working, although we don't see Him working. That even in the dark times of our lives, God is still in operation. He's working in us to come to a place where we desire to do the things that would please Him, bless His heart, and also bless other people. 
but he's working inside of me. Those days they used to wear, they used to have little stickers. Be patient with me because God is not true. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a work, I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. God is working. But the wonderful thing is, he, God is the one working inside of me. So he organizes the different things so that we can become all that we are supposed to be. Amen? So number one, expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. In Genesis chapter 37 verse 5, it says, When Joseph told his brothers about it, they hated him even more than ever. And in verse 10, this time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. Can you imagine, I mean, here, here's your child, they come to you or in the family and they share this wonderful dream that they have. And instead of being loved and encouraged in the dream, everybody goes down hard on him. Never really expect that kind of a reaction. You would expect everybody to be very happy, everybody to be very encouraging with what you dream, what you desire to do. They should be encouraging me. Instead of that, they put me down. Huh? One of the things COVID has taught us is this. <laughs> expect the unexpected. Nobody expected this would happen. See, we've got a lot of these plans that we think this is how it's going to work. The plans of man. We plan all these wonderful things on how it is going to happen and we just know it's going to happen just like that. And then suddenly, the unexpected takes place. And we begin to think, what's happening? We prayed about it. We fasted. We put our plans before God. Why is this happening? Trust the process. Joseph had a dream from God. It was a God-given dream. It's not because he ate too much of uh, uh, nasi biryani and went to sleep. He had a dream because God gave him that dream. It was a God-given dream. In fact, when he told the dream to his father, his father, who is more like a prophet, Jacob interpreted the dream for him. For him. He said, what you are saying is that all of us, the, all your brothers and, uh, you know, will come and bow before you and your mother and your father, both of us will also bow before you. Is that what you are saying? Joseph didn't say that. He said, I had a dream. <laughs> and in my dream, I saw all these things bowing down before my star kind of thing. That's what I saw. He just said what he saw. The father knew what he saw. It was a prophetic dream. So now here is Joseph. He begins to think, what's happening, man? Why are they hating me like this? Why are they coming down on me? This is a wonderful dream. This is not a bad dream. This is a good dream. Come on, think about it. Trust the process. You see, because dreams don't always work out the way we expect it to work out. Come on, amen. We have all these desires. We start off thinking, well, this, I'm sure this is how it's going to work. And, and please understand this. You cannot put God in a box and say, this is how it's going to work. I shared with you sometime, you know, in one of the messages, how this young guy came. He got saved in my ministry. He's a very uh, well-known lawyer right now. But we used to communicate quite a bit. And so he came and he told me this. Of course, now he's married and got kids, he's happy. But at that time, he was really interested in this girl. And he said, you know, Pastor, 
But the Lord, you know, is, is taking her away from me. Somehow, I believe she is mine, but, you know, somehow she has gone off. She doesn't want to have anything to do with me. But I know, I just know God's going to give her back to me because, you know, just like Abraham, God gave Isaac back to Abraham. God told Abraham, you go and sacrifice. I, I've released a girl, Pastor, but I know that God, just like Abraham. So I had to tell him, brother, I just want you to understand something. Abraham did not know. Abraham did not read the book of Genesis and go, hey, one day God's going to ask me to do this and then he's going to give me back the son. Abraham had no clue. When Abraham put his knife up, he really believed he was going to kill the boy. How many of you understand what I'm trying to say? Sometimes we say, well, this is how it happened there, therefore it must happen the same way with me. Have you noticed that Jesus never did the same miracle twice? At one time, he spit on somebody's eye. Another time, he just talked like Bartimaeus. He just spoke and the man got healed. Another time, he put mud in the guy's eye. Another time, he spit. He did so many different ways of doing things. God never works the same way with you as he did with me. You must expect the unexpected. In other words, you are saying, God, no matter what happens, I'm still going to trust the process. I don't know what I'm going through, but I still believe that you are working all things together for my good. The end result is good, not bad. For I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper, not to harm you. So if we are going through areas of where we feel we are being hurt, it's not God's plans. The plans are not to hurt you. I am involved in a process. You are involved in a process. I'm still working. When we look at construction sites, we see all the mess that's going through. When we see the highways, I mean, right now we travel from Sungai Palit back here. The roads, I mean, messy, winding roads. Now certain stretches are long, two lane, two lane. When we go on the, that, it's, it's not very long. It's not complete, halfway only. But the halfway we say, oh, thank God, thank God. But when we saw it, we complained about the mess. So messy, but it was a work in progress. We have to trust the progress. Sometimes the progress takes longer. For some of us, it is a very quick thing because we yield faster. But for others, it's a longer process, man. Come on. But we have to expect the unexpected. So that when things happen, we can still say, God, I am still trusting in you. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. Number two, practice his presence. Genesis chapter 37 verse 24. They took him and they cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty and there was no water in it. I've been cast into a pulpit. That's good. <laughs> he was cast into a pit. And you know, why, why do I say trust his presence in the sense of practice his presence? Because in, in chapter, 20 and, uh, chapter 50 and verse 20, at the end of his life, towards the end, where the brothers come to him, this is what he said. You meant it for evil, but God. Come on, amen. Everybody say, but God. But God meant it for good. Which meant that when you guys beat me, when you took me and you threw me in the pits, when you saw me off, when I was in prison, accused falsely, when all these things happened, the moment you guys beat me up, when you, you meant it for evil, 
You were intent on killing me. Thank God Reuben came along and saved him. But they were intent on killing him. You meant it for evil. And that's the point, that's, that's the whole thing with us. We always look at what people are doing or what circumstances are doing instead of understanding that we are going through a process and God is meaning it for good. We say, oh, this person did that or this circumstances, you know, why did this happen? Why is our country like this? It doesn't matter, man. They may plan it for evil. They may mean it for evil, especially to believers. But as a believer, you need to understand that God is working in the background and He's meaning it for good. What I'm going through is bad. Oh, Pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through. We thought everything in our marriage would be wonderful, but no, everything seems to be bad. You are in a process. Don't let the process kill your marriage or your family or your business. Don't let it die before it's time of fulfillment. There is light at the end of the day. Come on. If God can turn our night into day, He can turn your situation around, somebody said. Amen. Huh? And we need to understand this. We need to grasp this. We need to practice His presence. Isaiah 49, verse 15 and 16. Can a woman forget her nursing child? Will she have no compassion on the child from her womb? Although mothers may forget, I will not forget you. I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. Modern translation, I have tattooed you in the palms of my hand. But the, the thing is this, I will not forget. Don't feel like God has forgotten you or he has just forsaken you. He is, God is still working in you both to do of his will and of his good pleasure. God is working. Everybody say God is working. Turn to the person beside you. Tell them, God is working. He is working. He is. All right? So we need to practice His presence. We need to say, God, I don't understand what is taking place, but I'm still trusting the process. Come on, amen. I'm trusting the process. Number three, stay surrendered. So, Genesis 37, 28. Some Midianite traders were passing by, the brothers pulled Joseph up out of the hole, they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver and they took Joseph to Egypt. Further steps in the process. So here he is in a pit. Now at the beginning they threw him in a pit, he was all alone. In a dark pit, he's just there. Alright? Nobody there with him. He looks up, he can see flickering flames because the brothers are having a party outside, that's what the Bible says. They beat him, they put him inside, then they went and they had a wonderful meal. He could smell whatever they are cooking, but nobody was there to help him. Now suddenly, they throw a rope down into the pit. And Joseph is going, ah. The guys finally realize what they did was wrong. Anyway, I was too arrogant. I went and shared my dream with them. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Joseph is going through all these things inside his mind. He knows that God is still with him, so God's going to help me out here now. So they pull him out, and he's thinking, man, thank you guys. I, I want to say I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said all that I said. Sorry, guys, you know, you were angry. You have every right to be. And he's thinking of all these things as they pull him out, and then suddenly they sell him off to the Ishmaelites, slave traders. And he's going, what is happening? What's happening, man? Is this not enough? Must I go through this ordeal again? 
I thought these guys would have forgiveness in their hearts. I thought the situation would change, but nothing seems to be changing. It's getting from bad to worse. Now he's in the company of people he cannot speak the language. You know, they are the same language. He's hearing all kinds of voices coming at him. He's confused. And he knows that he is now going to be a slave. He does not know what the end result is going to be. Joseph does not see himself as a prime minister. He sees nothing. We see the whole story. So it's easy for us to just glimpse through the entire Bible, read through the book of Genesis and say, well, that's a nice story. But for Joseph, it was reality. He's pulled out. I mean, bloodied, beaten, bruised, totally pulled out and now sold into slavery. There's no hope. There seems to be no chance of ever uh, him having some kind of redemption. Nothing. It's gone. He's lost his father who loves him. He's the favorite son. Everything is gone. All the privileges, everything taken away from him. How do you do, what do you do at times like this? You continue to surrender to God. I continue to say, God, I don't understand a thing of what is happening, but I have to remain surrendered to you because if I surrender to my emotions, if I surrender to what I'm thinking of, I will go mad. I will think you are playing a trick on me. You're lying to me. You're cheating me. You gave me such a wonderful dream and here am I. Instead of them bowing to me, I have to now go and serve them. I will now be a slave. I don't see myself standing there with everybody bowing. My brothers have forsaken me, father and mother no more there. The, all the pictures that I saw, it's all gone. All wiped out. The stars no more. The moon, the stars gone. Entire family gone. He's now in the midst of strangers. What do you do? You completely surrender yourself to God. Come on. Amen. He doesn't see the final destination. He doesn't see the end of the journey. He just sees what he's going through now. And sometimes we can be so stuck in our now, we can surrender the entire process. We can say, no, 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 this cannot, be. how can this be God? I mean, think about it in the natural. Whatever I'm going through, how can this be God? <laughs> it is. If you are a child of God, He began a good work in you. He started. The moment you decided to say, I trust in Jesus, God began a good work in you. And He will not complete the good work until it is completed. It is not complete in the midst of the process. The process is still going on. The quality of the product is determined by the process in which it goes through. Come on, amen. So now he's taken and he's sold into slavery. And you know what? God is preparing him to save the entire known world at that time. There's going to be seven years of famine. But in order for Joseph to do this, he has to learn the art of planting crops. He has to understand when to harvest the crops. He has to understand how to store the crops. But he would not learn that if he's with his father. Why? Because his father was a shepherd. His father cared for sheep and cattle. He was more of that husbandry kind of a guy, you know, looking after all the animals kind of thing. So his brothers took all the animals and went grazing. Joseph went to look for them. That's when it happened. So he knows nothing about growing crops, nothing. But to save the entire world from a famine, Joseph had to learn these things. 
And in order to learn these things, he had to surrender to God who would take him and place him in the right place to learn it. In the home of Potiphar, who ran a huge area of planting grain. So Joseph learned from the bottom level right up to the top how to plant, how to harvest. He became the best manager there was. And Potiphar trusted him so much, he says, everything is in your hands. I, I, I'm just going to take a break. I'm going to have a holiday. I'm just going to rest. Joseph, it's all yours. He became the manager of the entire estate. All right. Now, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. Always remember this. No matter what happens in this world. Now, some of us have forgotten the fact that we are living in a world that is actually the world system that is dominated by a very real individual called the devil. There is an enemy. No, 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 no. He's not the, the red figure with horns and little tail and fork. No, he's a real principality. He's the father of all lies, father of deception. He's the slanderer. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's a destroyer. The thief comes. He's a thief. Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So in all of this process that Joseph is going through, in all that you are going through, understand that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities that want to totally destroy the dreams that God has placed inside your heart, the desire for achieving in life, the desire to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, the desire to have a wonderful marriage with children who will bless you. Come on. Businesses that will flourish. This is your desire. It's a desire given by God and the enemy does not like it because he comes to steal everything that we call good. For there is none good except God. So the enemy does not like it. That's why in our prayer meeting, I read from Psalm 33 and verse 5 on Friday night, we prayed, one of the things we prayed for was this, that God loves righteousness and justice. And His mercy fills the entire world. What did we pray about? We prayed against those who hate righteousness and who hate justice. That's what's happening in our country. The people that do not practice or do not like righteousness and they hate justice. So in the judging, in, in the whole judiciary system, they are trying to kill it so that injustice can prevail. And all kinds of unrighteous acts are, are taking place. So God loves these things. They hate these things. Therefore, they are the enemies of God. And we've got to pray against that and let God be God. Come on, amen. Huh? Everybody okay? All right, you know I'm getting a bit upset about the whole elections. But we are believing God for change. Everybody say amen. Last of all. Last of all. Triumph through your testimony. So, Genesis 37, 20 to 23. Joseph goes into prison, king's prison. He's, conf he's confined to that prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him kindness. God granted him favor in the sight of the prison warden. Listen, even in your worst circumstances, God can show favor. If you will just keep trusting God, keep trusting the whole process, surrender yourself to God, practice His presence, I'm telling you, you will understand that even in the midst of, the, of, of this terrible circumstance, God is still with you. Amen. Come on, amen. Yeah. God is still with you. 
I've never, I never felt the presence of God so strongly as, you know, you know, years ago when we went to Vietnam, a few of us went to Vietnam, we were all called in for questioning. There were, uh, who was it, Steve Wilson, Sam Matthews, Lovell Bent, myself, called in for questioning. Of course, because they were foreigners, you know, I had to assume responsibility. So they questioned me for seven hours. And in the seven hours, I can tell you honestly, before God, I was absolutely bold. I was so bold, it made them angry. Seriously. It's not like, oh, you're so bold. Huh? No, no, no. <laughs> in myself, I'll tell you, when it was all over and I came back to Malaysia, my knees were shaking. When it was all over, I felt like, what happened? Huh? But I realized that the word of the Lord is true, that when you are there, he said, I will be with you. Do not be afraid. I will be with your mouth. And so the presence of the Lord was very real at that time. So what I'm saying is this, in the midst of your trial, allow your testimony to triumph. So Joseph maintained his integrity. He still was kind to the people, so kind, in fact, they left his prison door open. He could go in and out and care for all the other prisoners. And he interprets dreams for certain individuals. All right. So now, uh, in the pit, it was just him. And now he's outside of the pit. He's looking after people. In the prison is where you and I can develop our testimony. In the midst of all of this, we can still show people, God is with me. Yes, I may not have the kind of things that I used to have. I may have suffered losses, but still in the midst of all of this, I thank God He's still with me. I praise God. I still have got things happening to me, good things that are happening to me. Come on, amen. See, the world does not need fiery sermons. They just need faithful subjects that God's people will still be faithful in the midst of everything. Can I hear an amen? I like what somebody said, you know. Now, of course, you see, the, the enemy can try to strip us of our coat, but they can't strip us of our character. We must always maintain our integrity as people of God. Can I hear an amen? amen. I like what somebody wrote. It says this. Let's look at the process of Joseph. If Joseph's brothers never sold him to the Midianites, then Joseph would have never gone to Egypt. If Joseph never went to Egypt, he would never be sold to Potiphar. If he's never sold to Potiphar, Potiphar's wife would not falsely accuse him of rape. If she did not falsely accuse him of rape, he would never be put in a prison. If he's never put in prison, he would never meet the baker and the butler of Pharaoh. If he never meets the baker and the butler, he would never interpret their dreams. If he never interpret their dreams, he would never get to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. And if he never got to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, he would never become prime minister. And if he never made prime minister, he would never wisely administer the severe famine that would eventually come upon the entire region. And if he did not administer the famine, then his family back in Canaan would perish. And if his family back in Canaan perished, then Judah, one of the sons, would have also perished from which the Messiah, Jesus, would have come. And if Jesus never came, then you and I are still dead in our sins and without hope. Because one person, that's why 13 chapters are given to this one person. 
Just this one person. Because he trusted the process. It's a painful thing. But God, I will still trust you. Many give up halfway and never see what God actually wants to do in their lives. Can you imagine if the Lord were to come suddenly, you know, and, and we had given up halfway and we stand there and he says to us, why did you just trust the process, man? It's hard, I know it's hard, but keep trusting because I'm at work. You cannot, I cannot expect my proton to perform like a Bentley unless I allow that car to go through the same process, then the product will be of value. So, do I just want to be an ordinary, mediocre, just survive kind of thing, or do I really want to see things achieved in my life? I must trust the process. Amen. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. That's kind of a hard message, especially when we don't like the process. But it's a very necessary thing we must all come to understand. Yes, we are going through hard times. You know, the Bible says this very clearly. Think about this for a while. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Now, if he knew us before, don't you think that he already has decided that no matter what we go through, now a lot of the things we go through are from our own making. The decisions that we make were bad decisions. The things that we did were wrong. You say, is God involved in it? No. What I'm saying is that God can turn everything into a blessing. What you thought was the worst day of your life, God can just turn it around. God can turn it around. Amen? He is still working. Bad things that we may have gone through, may have done, God is still working, working, working. He's going to turn it around so that at the end of the day, we can say, God meant it for good. The enemy meant it for evil. He wanted to destroy my life. I went through some very bad things in my own life, even before I came to Christ. But God was working. God was working. He never gave up. Neither will he give up on you. Amen? Neither will he give up on you. 